Hello and welcome to Martrek, the podcast that explores new frontiers. 30 minutes of chat for marketing pros who want to boldly go where no person has gone before. Your hosts are Simon Quarrenden, that's me, and Dominic Hawes, that's him. The digital revolution has given marketers an abundance of data, so measuring effectiveness is theoretically easier today than before the booming MarTech business gave us dashboards on demand. But are the dashboards we're given useful? Are we measuring the right things? Are the tools agencies are paying for helping them achieve competitive advantage? Or are they just creating noise? Today, we're joined by Vernon Riley, who's Managing Director at Smart Marketing Reports. Now, we're going to talk to him a bit, a little bit later about dashboards, data, measurement, and all those interesting things. But before we get there, Simon, what the hell's going on with coronavirus? All those global events around the world, which are now being either cancelled or postponed, they're giving a bit of a major headache to the marketers because those events were due to drive lead gen into people's pipelines for the next sort of quarter to two quarters. Take those events away and that leaves a bit of a hole in everybody's pipeline. What are they going to do to replace it? it it's really quite staggering. We've seen some, this week, we've seen some really big events cancelled, right? The uh, uh, World Mobile Congress, the Geneva Motor Show. Um, there are still things going on. I know at the moment, Cloud Expo hasn't been cancelled in Excel. But I think if you're a large event organiser, you've got to be worried with what's going on right now. And of course, what's fascinating about the events industry is it's got this massive supply chain of its own. So none of these organisations actually employ many people themselves, but they employ this vast hinterland of subcontractors, all of whom are you know pretty much reliant on those events to generate a you know a reasonable chunk of cash during their year. Take those events away, add in the kind of the hinterland of caterers and transport people and God knows what else. And it's, you know, it's a real problem. But, you know, I came back to the same point. If I'm sitting at the top of the tree as a marketer, those events were going to generate, they were going to help me launch products. They were going to help me introduce new products. They were going to help me have conversations with potential purchasers that I wouldn't otherwise meet. How am I going to do that now? How am I going to plug those gaps? It's not like most vendors had got their lead gen stuff together in the first place, right? The thing about the events industry is it's easy to think that I'm going to see people face to face, so I don't need to do much preparation. Yeah, so that's and it raises another interesting point, which is about, you know, how do you measure things? So for an awful lot of marketers, there is a tendency to say, well, of course, we've had a successful marketing program. We organized two events and we went to three others. But of course, just having a tick in the box that said attended event tick isn't good enough. Did the right audience turn up? Did we get any leads out of it? Did we have any meaningful conversations? And where's my leads? And and it could well be that for some of those people that actually uh, they take away the event and it hasn't made any difference. And then suddenly they ask the question, why should we be having that event in the first place? So perhaps it's a bit of a wake up call for people to actually look long and hard. I you know, have a lot of friends that work in the events industry. And as you know, we've we've had lots of conversations with event companies. They do they, they do great work, but they have got, I'm afraid, to find a way of delivering more valuable metrics to marketers than saying it was a great event. We asked everybody and everybody loved it. Dashboards are a subject very close to Simon's heart. He was evangelizing about web-based visualization tools and dashboards mm, 20 years ago. So when I told him I'd met today's guest at the B2B marketing event, he insisted we invite him onto the show. Vernon Riley is Managing Director at Smart Marketing Reports. 
He's an engineer by training, and he maintains that much reporting fails because analysts simply aren't aware what they could have and don't have enough knowledge of a client's business to know what they should be dashboarding. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Smart Marketing Reports? Uh, well, me, I'm, as you say, uh, a chartered engineer by background. I spent time constructing internet servers at a point in my past. But way before that, I was engaged in manufacturing for major motor manufacturers like Ford. And they were very much into measurement. And they were interested in what they could measure and how predictable a process could be and and improving it progressively. So when I started looking at uh, the figures that come out of analytical tools um, in the early 2000s, I looked at it with a skeptical eye. I said, okay, we've got lots of data here, but are we actually getting the data that has value from the point of view of the business? And are we allowing people to see what they should see in order that they can take the decisions that actually matter? And, and I, it's not that I grew disillusioned with the technology. I grew disillusioned with the way that technology was being used. Whilst we'd massively increased our capability in terms of producing and handling data, we hadn't necessarily got more intelligent about the way that we handled that and we processed that in order to enable intelligent decision-making. Smart Marketing Reports is, is based on that idea, a vision that says the purpose of producing reports or producing dashboards is to enable better decision-making. And if I look critically at the dashboards and the reporting that's out there, much of it could have been drawn in a pre-internet age on a piece of paper. It's that static. And frankly, it's not that exciting. It's not going to produce the kind of insights that uh, we might want it to. Vernon Simon here. I mean, everyone's got a dashboard these days and just about every SaaS tool we use comes with a dashboard and some like Salesforce allow extensive customization too. When you measure, report on and visualize everything, how can you do it in such a way that you cut through the noise? Well, I think it's it's the word everything that is the, is the clue. But if you think about the challenge for the manager it's to work out which bits matter and and the dashboard is intended to be the summary a good example would be that the dashboarding in a modern mercedes e-class fancy technology all sorts of wonderful graphics but in the end it's got two big pictures what speed are you doing and how how's the engine so it's concentrating on the bits that matter and there's a value add here that the analyst has to provide in the light of the business context that they are reflecting, which is let me select from the data the things that matter and show those in a way that communicates powerfully the options that are available to you, Mr. Business Owner, uh, Shareholder, stakeholder, whatever. Does that make sense, Simon? Yeah, very much so. And um, as Don was right, I've had a fascination about dashboards for quite some considerable time and seen them come along the lines. And, you know, frankly, the simpler the dashboard, the more real, more informative it can be. And I think for some young young marketers, they must now be sitting in front of dashboards that look like the, the sort of pilot seat of a 747. They're absolutely drowning in data. How How do you help them navigate through that 
and, and help them decide what is data, what is noise, and what is actionable information and intelligence. I, I would start back with the business that they're working for. That business has got certain objectives, certain goals. And even if you look at the largest business, the largest business has a small number of goals that it cares most about. You take a, a global business, it will have a small number of figures that it regards as its key performance indicators or some other terminology, but you know, fingers of one hand, maybe two hands, but not 3,000, five, six, seven. And, and at the point that you say to the analyst, there are going to be five measures that really matter. And how do you relate the stuff that you do to those five measures? You start to challenge them with a, look, you've got access to all of this data. You've got some fantastic tools. Your job is to to add the value that condenses that and produces a clarity through focusing in on the things that matter to the business that you're working for. So if it's return on investment, it wants to know, what it's spending and what it's getting back and what it can do in order to change that. That's the essence of the question. So I think we're, we're I mean, obviously a, a, a dashboard is a graphical representation of a KPI, right? And, um, yeah. and we always use KPIs to uh, control and manage our businesses. And you know, there's a very old adage, measure what's useful, not what's easy to measure, which, which predates digital days. And, that, and that's still true. And I guess that's the heart of that is what's actionable. But in our discussion before today, we talked a lot about sandboxing, sandbox testing um, and simulation yeah. and how that's got to be a really important part of implementing reporting. How does that work in practice? In practice, you have, um, you, you have systems and they're mostly now exposed to people across the web in some form. And the challenge that you have is that you have this uh, piece of technology that is expected to measure what is happening. The the challenges are around the extent to which the measurement is assumed to be correct. The the amount of testing that says, I put 10,000 visitors in, did I get a measure on the tool that said that 10,000 visitors actually, uh, 10,000 visitors actually came to this and did the things that I expected them to do is very limited. We've got a, uh, a situation where technology is assumed to work. It's not that it doesn't work at the global level. Analytics works. But does it give you the, the right figures and the granularity that you're looking for? And, and that's important because you, you get to a point when you're actually interested in individual business processes and the granularity with which you can see what's happening makes a huge difference to the, the extent to which you can actually affect things. So the sandbox testing, the simulation, is a means by which you can get inside the business process without having the complexity of uh, individual human beings who can exercise judgment and get bored and all the rest of it, but you can exercise automatic testing uh, of your system in order to prove that you get the measurements out the end that enable you to take the decisions that you want to, to make the changes that you want to, to see the details of the business process. So, so for instance, you can see the bits of the checkout that are not working or the bits of the um, business process that are failing in some way because you've managed to validate in a, in a, in a lab environment, a lab style environment that if you put people in and you tell them to go down this route, you actually see that 
in the dashboard, in the reporting that comes out the back end. I, th- I think a lot of agencies don't do enough testing, full stop. The QA testing is probably weak. Um, I think there's certainly not, a lot of agencies aren't testing measurement. And I absolutely get your point about analytics. There's political risk here, right? One of the experiences I have as the person doing this is that if you say to a client, I can improve your analytics. The corporate reaction to that is, what risk am I going to do if I follow that line of track? You know, am I going to expose myself to a situation I can't cope with? And the the simulation, the testing is a means to improve your analytics without exposing them to that risk. That is definitely a good argument. Now, look, the the subject of today's podcast is differentiating digital agencies with data. And we've talked so far about dashboards and making sure the data you're measuring is useful. And of course, that's like 101 dashboarding. Um, I'd like to introduce Dan. Dan is Managing Director at Orchid, digital um, product development company. Dan, I'm transfixed with the concept of how dashboards might help agencies win business. Vernon, you build dashboards for people. How do you guys think that dashboards can be used by agencies to help differentiate themselves from their competitors. Dan? Agencies need to be asking their customers, what is success? What does success look like for them? What are the KPIs that we are truly measuring? Uh, A conversation I had with uh, some colleagues uh, recently, for example, they were talking about bounce rates, for example. What does that mean? A lot of our clients very much design a solution or clients that we've inherited in the past, designed solutions, embraced Google Analytics, looked at the items of page views, bounce rates, et cetera, et cetera, the general view, and actually not really understanding what does that truly mean to my business? And we were saying, okay, well, let's have a look at bounce rates, for example. And if we put that back into a human experience and me and you having a conversation today, if I come up to this presentation, sat down, take a look at yourself, stood up, walked away, how would we feel? Versus if I come here today, sat down, talked to you, let you talk to me for 30 seconds to explain what your service is, then I took up and walked away. Actually, from a bounce rate measurement perspective, they're very much the same thing. But actually, if you scrutinize that detail much more, they're two very different experiences in the sense of, one, it probably wasn't the right place, right time, or two, actually, I understood what you're offering. I understand what you're talking about. And actually, I'm going to take that information away and speak to somebody else. And actually, what we started to really think about is in the designs that we put forward, how can we ensure that we can provide dashboards that you produce, the insights that then add value back to the business? So in my view, a a dashboard should have the ability for experts in the agency to add their insights to the data, to the pictures, to the graphics that the client is looking at. And if they were doing that, I would argue, then they are helping to build the value that is perceived that the agency adds to the raw data. Because otherwise, they're creating a situation where we say, well, we've built it. We're we're now irrelevant, guys. All you have to do now is look at the pictures. That gives you all of the story. But, of course, it doesn't. Interpretation and expert insight remains one of the things that the agency can add. So I see the dashboard as a means by which an agency can continue to deliver value and and provoke conversation so it becomes more of 
more linked into the operations and the development of the relationship between the agency and its client unless the response to a contractual requirement is which was we want a report they're, they're all part of how do i add value and uh how do i reflect the customer's objectives oh, yeah I, would, I i believe so and i think uh, the issues from an agency or the challenge from an agency standpoint is asking the right questions up front and understanding the business challenge and designing solutions about that that help us capture the metrics that support and really reinforce those dashboard solutions that give us then the insights to take us to the next level. And I think uh, that's something that Orchid is doing very much so at this moment in time. Um, and it's going beyond the linear um, experiences and actually starting to get into more predictive results in the sense of actually, if we can understand the behaviours of our customers, for example, we do a lot in the world of debt management, for example, and the experiences that. So if we can capture the learnings of the journey that they're undertaking and actually where they drop off the elements that they engage with, what items of interaction they're looking for, we can actually generally start to see from an empathetic point of view, particularly in that world, who is truly looking after uh, them and their best needs and actually how can we support them in helping them to erode debt recovery, for example, and providing them with the tools to support them. And actually all how we capture that information, how is it in the wonderful data solutions and platforms that you produce really provides added insight and intelligence that really helps our clients move to the next level and raise above the game. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. Now, Vernon, we have recently been discussing evaluation methodology measurement and effectiveness in agile development. Uh, we're a great fan of short iteration loops that agile and lean methodology have brought to project management. But you think there's a fatal flaw in the majority of agile evaluation and measurement implementation techniques. So where are we going wrong? Um, well, I want to be, I'm not picking a battle with the concept of agile as a set of principles, um, there there is much that Agile can add, uh, much good that it has done in terms of making sure that people are building solutions that customers actually want. Um, the, the problem has come because measurement isn't necessarily something that the customer wants. So, so let's reflect on the debt management. The solution that is designed for debt management reflects on the needs of the person who is potentially looking for uh, who's got the loan and who is looking to engage with a company that is providing loans and stuff like this. The, the, the need for measurement comes from the provider. And, and the, the notion of agile development, where if it, if it leads to a situation where it is only the customer's perspective that is reflected in the solution, then it leaves the business that is doing the provision devoid potentially of the management uh, the, the measurement that it needs 
And, and the examples that I've come across are related to e-commerce and stuff like that, where they, they've done agile programming and stuff like this, and there are businesses founded on doing the checkout experience and doing it wonderfully well from the point of view of the customer. And when you say, so what were the standards that you had in place that would in, make sure that you were measuring all of this accurately, they go, oh, uh, that's a bit of the technical deficit. This is some, something that we forgot. And, and it's not that Agile is wrong. It's that the business that funded this had some interests. And unless th- that business set those interests forward and put some standards, and I don't mean ISO standards. I'm not saying do ISO. I'm saying decide that there are some things that the business that is doing the provision has to get out of this, like a business that works, that can measure and improve and stuff like that, and build that into a foundation. Then your overall implementation will have suffered, not because in principle it was agile, but because it saw agile as a solution to every problem and it didn't reflect on the extent to which the customer doesn't embody every requirement that exists for the solution. Dan, you've, um, well, we were talking about debt management. I mean, you have specific expertise in building and deploying debt management systems, and, um, and they've been a great success too. So, so the, the, the core of the argument here is that if you develop in, in iterative loops and only think about the customer, which is what often we're taught to do, right? Put the customer first, think just about the customer. Sometimes the needs of the business get left behind. How do you deal with that with your clients? Well, the art is of validation. Um, We do uh, a lot of rapid prototypes in terms of test the market. I think there is a general trend of actually a lot of executions that go from design to development and deploy. And actually, we're looking at putting solutions in place that enable us to test the market adapt and learn and grow from those experiences. So really, I've started to take a little bit of a step back in the sense of actually asking our customers the challenges that we're trying to achieve, speak to those internally in terms of stakeholders and what they are looking for from a business perspective, but actually then to go out and start to look at your customers and and actually their customers too and the experiences that they can learn from rapid testing and prototype development. And then from there, we bring them on board. We start to learn and adapt and build in an agile way that enables us to incrementally change and adjust those um, products. Just so really the, 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 the solution, it's a continuous cycle that just means that we're continually learning and improving all the time. Okay, so we started today's discussion talking about dashboarding, but it seems to me we're actually ending up in the same place probably because what we've got is two sets of, two sets of data, both of which are valid, right? So from a debt management point of view, what are the what 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 are the outputs that are important to measure? And if we get that up right up front, whether that's customer side, client side, or supplier or company side, presumably that's the same thing. So in debt management, right, it's all about reducing default rate, isn't it? I think a yeah, very good question, Tom. There's actually, from my experience, there's two there's two things to factor. One is ultimately, and as you know, customer first. So we are here to, here to help. So we're designing solutions from the outset that the, our clients providing the best solutions and tools to support their customers in need. Actually, from a debt management perspective and internally, the data that we have, we can then start to really understand who is actually willing to pay in the context of debt management and who isn't, and actually then start to define the paths in which we take those customers. So debt, uh, data is very important, and this is very selfish in the sense of I'm very much about the experience 
but the insight really starts to unlock a variety of different opportunities. Customer, customer shop window experiences, behind the scenes in terms of Vernon correctly alluded to, the business operations, but also, again, and thirdly, in the world of debt management, that insight gives the business the opportunity to really evaluate what do they service internally and actually then what data and customers do they need to offset and maybe pass out to an else, else further provider, which is then you know, a great, great attribute to have. So you see, uh, where I, I'm seeing the, the measurement piece as something that potentially, it's almost like the selection of the technology that you would use to realise the solutions. There's a point at which you say, oh, well, I'm going to do debt management solutions and you you build a team and you build a set of skills and you say these these are the technologies that i'm going to use to deliver it right now i'll find out what the different flavors of um, solution look like the measurement almost gets to be part of the, your infrastructure it's the i have certain standards that i will aim to build into any solution and those might be things that i have developed and are sat on my shelf and those are part of my toolkit that I use in order, in the same way I use bits of technology, in order to deliver the solution for both A, B, and C, even though they're different sorts of business, service different sorts of uh, clients, and, and provide their debt uh, management solutions in different ways. They, they, have, they have a reliance on an underlying infrastructure that reflects the need of the business to be able to measure things, and that is potentially standardizable in the way that user experience may not be because of the differences between our customers. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today, guys. So I, th- I don't feel, though, that this discussion has ended. I feel like we need to go away, do our homework and come back in and speak to you guys again because there's a lot to think about there. Um, look, Vernon and Dan, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, it's been a really good chat. Thank you very much, guys. And, um, and we will speak to you again. So, Simon, wow, God, that was like a 150-mile-an-hour factoid, <laughs> like, asteroid blast. Yes, my, my, my advice to anybody listening to this is, is sit in a very quiet room, not, not like our studio, which has a lot of background noise today, for which we apologise, but sit in a, a quiet room and, and kind of li- and stop and take on board what they're saying because there's lots of good stuff there. But you see, what, what you know, this is so fascinating about marketing so uh, the business starts out at the beginning and it start, decides on a measurement. It decides how it wants to measure things and it builds a dashboard. But then Dan, through his experience, finds out, gets some, as he said, gets some insights that they hadn't otherwise seen into the consumer's journeys, what they like and what they don't like, that perhaps causes the business to think, well, maybe those measurement techniques that we were going to measure are no longer appropriate. So now they've got to start coming up with some new measurement, but actually the new measurement is better than the old because actually they've got that thing they didn't have before, which is insight. So it's just fantastic. Do you know what I also really loved there was um, when Dan was describing the whole debt management model, we'd kind of set the questions or we'd framed it as though um, testing was all about one thing, right? One KPI, which is reducing defaults. And Dan, obviously, because he's done this, is going, uh-uh, it's not about that, actually. The whole point about using data and building digital products is understanding your customer enough to, to, to create different pathways based on who the customer is. 
So it's not necessarily one thing, it could be multiple things. So if you're trying to achieve the overall KPI, which is reducing default rate on your debts, the solution might actually be to create two, three, four, or multiple different streams through which customers can go based on kind of who they are and what they like. Um, And that is the bit that I think we probably want to come back to and explore again, because I wanted to dive in with the guys, but this is a long interview anyway. Yes, isn't it just? So we need to chop it up and look in all sorts of different bits. And something else for us perhaps to think about, which is perhaps another podcast for another day, is there's so many dashboards out there and I think it's called the tyranny of choice. There's just so much out there. So the poor old marketer is sitting there thinking, golly, do I have a bar chart or a histogram? Should it be red or should it be purple? Does it move up or move it down? And when you say to somebody, you can do whatever you want, of course, that doesn't actually help the person. It actually hinders them because they get very confused. So there's a whole all workshop, uh, piece of work required with lots of people, particularly with clients, to say, what is it you're trying to measure and what's the best, best, best dashboard methodology that would deliver what you're looking for? Simon, as always super wise words and great words for us to say guys that's a wrap thank you very much for listening to martrek this has been our fourth show we hope you enjoy it if you want to take part if you have issue with anything that's been said if you want to interact with us if you exist why not get in touch you can find us on our website which is martrekpodcast.com you can find us on spotify apple google all the other good podcast outlets and if you've got your favorite one and we're not on it please also get in touch Thank you, guys, and we'll see you soon. 